Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live.
Y'all know how I met her. We broke up and got back together to get her back. I had to sweat her, thought she rode with bad boys forever. In many ways, them boys made it better to grow. I had to let her. She needed cheddar, and I understood that. Looking for cheese that don't make her a hood rat. In fact, she's a queen to me. Her light beams on me. I love it when she sings to me. It's like that. Charismatic. Uh, this is Big Daddy Hip Hop Nation presents Once Upon a Hip Hop. Talk about the great things and great life of hip hop, the most important things of hip hop. You can always call 
In an era when the Bronx was rife with savage territorial conflict, Bambata was already well known in the area as a notorious gang leader. At that time, you know, we was part of the, the gang movement, you know, the Black Spades, the Savage Skulls, the 70 Mortals, the Reapers, all those groups was, you know, controlling the Bronx. And then from my travels and seeing one of my best friends get killed by the police on Pollen Parkway in the Bronx, you know, and seeing how a lot of the brothers and sisters was getting hurt up, that's when I said I had to, you know, try to lead, you know, our organization into another direction. Bambata formed the Zulu Nation, a dedicated following of local hip-hop enthusiasts who organized parties and then put the money they made into community self-help projects. You gotta understand, you really have to understand that the Zulu Nation had originally been the Black Spades. They were the biggest, most feared gang in the Bronx. I mean, they'd wear these denim jackets with the cut-off sleeves and fur around the collars and black spades written across the back. And this was before gangs had a lot of guns, so it was all about getting beat down with these and with sticks and with knives. I mean, it was brutal. And Bambata had the inspiration to stop this gang-banging nonsense, stop killing each other, and let's get creative. So he turned one of the most violent street gangs into, the most, into one of the most influential cultural organizations. His status was literally legendary. When you heard of Africa Bambata and the Zulu Nation, there was a whole section of the Bronx that was under his command. Well, the name Zulu Nation inspired me when I seen a movie back in the early 60s which featured Michael Caine called Zulu. That movie just stuck with me. It was just, you know, inspiration of seeing the people of Africa fight for what was theirs. I said, you know, one day I'm going to have me a Zulu Nation. Bambata's personal conversion from gang leader to hip-hop DJ set a trend that swept the Bronx. Kids who had previously have joined gangs began channeling their energy into hip-hop, literally taking to the streets with speakers and turntables. We just went to the nearest light pole, and just plugged in, and did, you know, and got our juice. You know, and the police used to come by, you know, even though that was illegal, they allowed us to do it, you know what I mean, because it contained us, you know what I mean? They knew that, you know, as long as a block party going on, that's where everybody at. Well, the battle was to see who was the competitive uh, artist, who was, who was the more better, who had the better moves, who had the better style. So who won, who won the rocking contest? The crowd would judge it, and they would just say, who do you think won the battle, this guy or this guy? And they were like, is it A or is it B? B? Yeah. And then, then the crowd would just hype it up. Yeah. Woo. Ghost Rock City. When DJs battled, the crucial factor was having the best breakbeat. And that meant digging up obscure records that your rivals didn't know about. The more unexpected the source of the breakbeat, 
the better the crowd liked it. The B-Boys would come to the party. They'll stand on the side, you know, the, the breakers. And they were just, you know, oh, you're doing your thing. You're throwing on your joints. But they're just waiting for that moment that you just break out with some Apache. <laughs> Now that, let me tell you, if you didn't dance to that break, there was something wrong with you. There was something wrong with you. But DJ Supremacy wasn't only about having the best beats, it was also about what you did with them. In their efforts to outdo each other, Bronx DJs began developing a series of revolutionary turntable techniques. Scratching was the most famous of them, a method of stopping the record and rubbing it back and forth against the needle. The trick here was to do it without damaging the vinyl. DJs also began using two copies of the same record, playing them off of each other back and forth to extend the beat. This was known as backspinning. It was just magical to see somebody extend a piece of a record for like three to four minutes that you know that was only like a, a 20 second part in the song. It, it, that's, that was magical. The very last element of hip hop music to emerge was the skill of rapping. Like the musical style itself, rapping evolved out of a combination of ingenuity and circumstance. At this stage, the term rap was yet to come into existence. Picking up a microphone to speak over a record was simply called MCing. MCing evolved from the DJ having a microphone to make announcements to announce when the next party was going to be, where the next party was going to be, who was going to be at the party, you know what I mean, to acknowledge members of the group, members in the crew, or people in the audience. And I was to call people's name and say, yo, to my mellow Wallace, D, 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 or this is the joint, 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 joint. You never heard like this before, before, and playing around with it. Every DJ either he did that himself, or he had somebody that would make the announcements for him started to embellish, you know, when they would say things until it grew into sentences, into paragraphs, you know, into verses, you know, into rhymes. Who are you? Who am I? 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 I'm Jack. So what? What do that mean? I'm the baddest MC lover on the hip-hop scene. It's a promise in the and seeing was the final element which made the music complete. The next phase in its development was about to begin. But the music itself still lacked a name. By the late 1970s, one would emerge. People used to just toss them around, yeah, little hippity, this is called little hippity hop. With the hippity hop, yeah, little hippity hop guys down there. You know, they just twist around and call, ah, little hip hop guys. Yeah, little hippie hippie parties, little hype parties like that. They need finally, you know, went that way, went this way, and then up comes 
hip-hop. And that kind of really, that label kind of tagged on it. Hip-hop tagged on it, covered the whole scope of the game. Hip-hop, as it was now known, had grown from being a neighborhood pastime into a fully-fledged culture and a way of life. Since hip-hop was still unrecognized by any record labels, the music existed only in the form of live performance. Hip-hop is taking the sound system in the park and, you know what I mean, setting it up and playing five, six, seven hours and then tearing it down and taking that sound system home. That was hip-hop, and we did it faithfully because we loved it. Let's go from party to party. Five, 15 guys packed in the back of a van, speakers, records, turntables, amplifiers. We driving down the highway, set up in Connecticut, rip the party apart, throw all the speakers back in, everybody back in, drive back home, go to sleep, get up the next day, might do the same thing again. <laughs> but that's the way we do it. The story continues tomorrow at 10 past midnight. Hip-hop is just one of the many things that have shaped and changed life here in England. If you'd like a chance to create a free website about the other influences, visit channel4.com slash insight. Next up, top techniques for a couple with... It's Easy, go ahead and press at 724 444 7444. Call Viper on uh, Talk Sheet, www.talkshoot.com. Look for Viper. Um, this is the Big Daddy Hip Hop Nation. Uh, so, yeah, call 724 444 111 and uh, pound and press one and pound and press eight to stop to compensate. Grab those inches, baby. Touch the inches. Pick up fast and tell the world so we can make it happen. All right. Talk about like we always do about this time, bitch. How is it for you guys to work together again since my man has been out? How has it been for y'all to work together again? been beautiful for me, you know what I'm saying, uh, you know, a long time coming, some of the best moments of my life been recording music with this man, you know yeah. what I'm saying, we done been through a lot together, and we still got a lot to do, you know what I'm saying, just feel real good, you know what I'm saying, I, I did the solo thing, but you know. You was on everything, Yeah. everything yeah. that touched the radio, you was on, nah, nah, I, I got, remember. I got a lot of love <laughs> out there, man, but you know, we back to UGK business, you know what I'm saying, okay. the bun and the pimp. All right. Beautiful thing. Let, let, let me say this, too. You know, while I was gone and when he dropped the Trill album, that was a UGK album, too. I couldn't speak for myself while I was gone, so 
I was living through Bun, and he yeah. kept me alive. So when oh, you yeah, listen to the Trill album, that's a UGK album. Templation was more like a compilation, and the first solo album I did was not even a solo album at all. It was some freestyle tapes I had left. Oh, okay. You know, so uh, we're going to cross that path. But, yeah, you know, make no mistake, uh, his album was a UGK record, and, you know, I was stunting on him in there when it came out, just like it was my own. You know? Guarantee. When my brother shine, I shine. So let me ask you guys this. For Texas, do you feel like you guys are finally getting your due? You did Big Pimpin' with Jay-Z. A lot of people didn't really, from the North, didn't really know exactly who y'all were at the time. But when y'all blessed that record, it was like UGK, UGK, all over the place. So do you feel like you're finally getting your due now since the South has risen and we getting what we deserve? You know, I, I think the, the, our fan base, the, the 500,000 people that buy our records, want to see us get more publicity than we did. We was always satisfied. Okay. I mean, at least, I don't, I don't, I can't speak for Bun, but... I was always satisfied with what we were doing. You know, people wanted to see us have mainstream success. Yeah. You know, our records was for the hot boys and the, you know, and and the, and the hot girls. It wasn't really made for everybody. And you know, it's a blessing and a beautiful thing that it's come full circle and everybody can enjoy it now. Guaranteed. You know, but we 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 never was tripping on none of that. Okay. So you already hear it right now from the horse's mouth. UGK is in the building with me. I'm going to give you a video right now. Cram my rocket hips. Don't go nowhere. UGK is going to be here. It ain't going nowhere either. It's Rap City. In the turning lane, coming down, keep it slow. Tipping on the floor. Banging on the two and keep the right here in the door. I remember that. I remember that. You already know what this man is, Rap City. Q45, DJ Walla on the ones and twos. UGK is in the building with me right now. Fellas. This question has been asked to so many South rappers on this show a million times. How do you feel about people saying that? People from the South only talk about jury and cars, that they're not too lyrical. How do y'all feel about that? How do I feel about it? Yes. Some of it is true. Who do you think that is? Uh, Let's speak on it, Pimp. Now, it's what, just me and you and Bun in here now. Let's what, speak on it. What, what exactly are you asking me? To say that to say that the lyrical content in the South is not as deep as some other parts of the country would not be a lie. To say that all of the music is not good would would be a lie. And to, and to put everybody in the same category would be a, a grave mistake. Okay. See, what we what what I'm, I don't know about what they doing, but what I'm doing down there is called country rap tunes. It's a de, it's a derivative of what was done in New York and what came from hip hop and what was done on the west coast with the gangster music when i'm making country rap down there you know what i'm saying it's got it's a little bit slower okay it's it's got some uh church influence into it so it's got a gospel feel it's got a soul feel to the music we play a lot of the instruments you know and i can't speak for the mother dude but me and bun got something to say you know what i'm talking about we talking about a little bit more than just cars and and, and jewels speak on the bun you know, rap is something you do. Hip-hop is something you live. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Rap is a part of the hip-hop lifestyle, but, it, you know, just because I'm a rapper doesn't make me hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? I understand. What I'm doing is part of the culture, you know, and um, I should probably understand, you know, you know, where, you know, what rap came from and how it started, but at the same time, you know, I can only, you know, give out the influences I've taken in. I can't speak about Queensbridge and the Bronx if I've never been to Queensbridge or the Bronx. That don't mean I ain't got respect for Queensbridge or the Bronx. I understand. You know what I'm saying? But I got to tell my story the same okay. way that the, the cats that came before us told their story. 
already. So as you see, we, we put it in perspective for you. We've asked that question a million times here on Rap City. And the underground kings have made it very simple for y'all to understand and for them to pick it up. So when we come back, they're going to hit the booth. Right, y'all going to tear it down? We're going to do what we do? Get in, get out of your shoes. 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 Get out of your a couple of minutes ago, we were just talking about the state of, how do you say it, the South? Is it too lyrical and that? All we talk about is college jury. And you were telling me that um, there's some boo-boo records in the North and in the South. And I feel we should speak on that. Well, I mean, yeah, you got the good and the bad with everything. You, I, I think we need different, different styles and different genres of this music for it to keep expanding. Okay. You know what I mean? So... Like we got Scarface down there, and we need him, and his lyrical content is everything it's supposed to be. Yeah. We still need D4L for those type of records also. Yeah. But then you got some other people down there that just making straight trash that, that we really don't need. T- tell me, speak on. Tell. Me. I mean, your ears tell you when it's not hitting the speaker right, man, and they know when they leave the studio it's not right. So you got trash in the south. But everything on the east ain't just jamming either. Believe me, I'm listening. I'm at the internet. I know what's going down. And for the record, I spent a whole bunch of time in Brooklyn. My okay. people is Lord Jamar from Brand Newbie. You know what I'm saying? I spent a bunch of time up here in the 90s. And everything I saw going into this music was that all of the rappers pretty much that was having money and having success was supporting each other and yeah. supporting different regions. It's not... The misconception is that it's the it's the uh, established artist that's hating. Every time I see Fat Joe, he meet me with a smile. When I see Nas, it's a pound and a smile. They having money. Okay. We having money down there. The only one hating is these people that going double <laughs> You Know what I'm talking about? So you know what I'm talking about? Get your mind on your money, man, and step up your game. That's all you need to do. Okay. Instead of hating on what's going on down there. And watch out because the West fit to come back. I know y'all been hearing them Ice Cube records, man. You know, you better get Real independent, on. too. We're getting you know, real big over there. It's like it's, we shining in the south. It's yeah. going to go somewhere else in a minute. So we got to stack our paper and save it up. Talk about like we always do about this time, bitch.
remember when a rapper was a go-getter. Go-getter. Now all these rappers just some whole niggas. Uh-huh. High behind the guards at the show, nigga. Uh-huh. Don't want no pussy homosexual on the low, nigga. That's y'all. I'm from the old school. Like MJG and Ball. Like Devin the Dude. I know short dog. The real short dog. You see me draped in drips. Jumped out the whip on Sunset Strip. Yeah. 
money, money don't make you rich. Yeah, I rock. Like I heard that.
in the car with the bump in the trunk. Don't ever laugh and you know it's a bump. Break it down the good green roll in the blunt. Get up here, psych, girl, say I'm the main. Ice on the wrist with the ice in the chain. Ride through the hood, yeah, I'm dripping the grain. And I'm sipping the same while I'm changing the lane. I feel tight cause I'm choking the green. Bitch, you messed up cause I'm choking the green. Messing with a T-boy, riding up a big boy. Make your man gay, I wanna get on the thing. She gotta give it up once you get in my car. I ain't been there, but I know I'm a star. Cause when I'm in the club, I be back in the bar. In the VIP bar, and be riding the bar. Press 1 and pound and press 8 to stop, to compensate. 
Grab those inches, baby. Touch your inches. Pick up fast and tell the world so we can make it happen. All right. <clears throat> you all enjoying this? Yes, so. All right. It depends on who you're writing your music for. If you're writing your music for the guy at the office, then Public Enemy is doing a bad job. But if they were doing their music for black people or for people who want to come to a better understanding on how things really are, then they did a good job. You know what I'm saying? Because I want to see the true picture. You know what I'm saying? I don't care if he feels uncomfortable. Because what about when I felt uncomfortable for 400 years? You know what I'm saying? Then now all of a sudden it's bad to, to talk about some real. Anytime somebody pulls a trigger or there's any kind of gunshot, everybody starts running for cover. But everybody's really doing all this shooting in the streets. You know what I'm saying? All this Iran Contra stuff and the big that war, all that. That's violence to me. That's real violence. What we're talking about is fake violence. All this what we're rapping, it happens in the streets. But us rapping about it is not the violence. And the movie about it is not the violence. You know what I'm saying? It's it's an adventure world that we are creating. Trying to get out, trying to, what we're doing is using our brain to get out of the ghetto any way we can. So we tell these stories, you know what I'm saying? And they tend to be violent because our world tends to be filled with violence. I would rather tell a young black male to um, educate his mind, arm yourself, and be free and, and defend yourself than, you know, just sit there and turn you as a cheek. So whatever message that sends out, that's the kind of message it is. No, but precisely in the film, sort of things degenerate when Bishop does arm himself. But that, he didn't educate know, his mind. That's true. That was just just violence. It, it had nothing to do with his brain. It had nothing to do. He used the wrong target. That's absolutely wrong. And I know everybody's going to see that when they see the movie. He didn't do. He didn't do anything to help himself get out of his situation. And in fact, Q was closest to getting out of his situation. He used his mind. When you use your brain, it doesn't always have to come to a violent end. But sometimes it does, and that's all that I'm saying, that that is a choice. Yeah, I think that's give us, shows that it's definitely right. a choice. They never show you that, you know, okay, the cop's beating on you. You have a choice. Violence to defend yourself, you know what I'm saying? Turn the other cheek or wait for the news cameras to come and talk about it. Like Rodney King. Like Rodney King. I'm talking about doing it, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm really, it's happened to me. The police beat me up in the middle of the street for no reason, just simply because I cursed at them, because they were harassing me, and I cursed at them. Now, they beat me up. Now, in reality, I couldn't shoot them. Like, in my rhymes, I would say, you know what I'm saying, pow, pow, you know what I'm saying? It was a shootout, but I couldn't do that in reality. But in my rhymes, it, it vents that anger because I can, I can, you know, fire back at the police. 
and won't go to jail for, for life. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just words. Right. And my music, and, and a lot of this music, it's only talking. It's only talking about the suppressed rising. I mean, the oppressed rising up against the oppressor. That's all. That's what my music's about. The oppressed rising up against the oppressor. So if only people that's scared are the oppressors. The only people who could have any harm coming to them are those who oppress. Simple as that. You mean the only people that have anything to worry about? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it seems to me that the people that are being oppressed are the ones that have a lot to worry about, too, because they're the ones that are getting beat on every day or not. Right, and that's why they need to start, you know what I'm saying, striking back, beating back. So now why would you choose acting as a, as a career when, it, when it's going to be harder compared to all the visibility that you can get with music, or do you continue to do you plan to continue? I'm doing both. I'm still in digital underground. My solo album, Tupacalypse Now, is out in the stores, doing good. I still got music with Digital Underground. Their album is doing very well. So it's all just basically showing and proving. I'm, I'm made it out, and I want to stay out. And I want to show by my actions and by my interviews that this is how you stay out. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's still real. I'm still that young black man. I didn't turn into, you know, Arsenio or Cosby. You know what I'm saying? I'm still the same man. Those people don't say anything to you. The people that are the most visible right. to young people today. Those are the people television. who I admire. I've been like in all these other interviews. I know people are going to trip because I've been down in these people. But I, what I failed to say was how much I admired these people. You know what I'm saying? Like Spike Lee and Arsenio Hall. I admire these people. Eddie Murphy. These people who I wanted to get into the business for, and they got into the business and didn't give me any way to get in. You know what I'm saying? It took earnest to get me in. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh. I'll let you hear me. Yeah. Uh. Here we go. Turn it up. Let's
do. You hold it while I ask you the question. Sure. Tell everybody who you are. No. Who me? Yeah. My name is James Taylor. A.K.A. No, no I'm Miss Dogger. I'm Biggie Smalls. Biggie Smalls. Biggie Smalls. And you got that party and bullshit, party man. And bullshit. Party and bullshit, man. How, so, um, where do you come from and who you work with? Um, I'm from Brooklyn. I got put on. Puff Daddy put me on. My man, Mr. C. Maddie C. from The Source. Everybody had a little contribution in helping me get on. As far as, like, demo tapes and shit. Niggas looked out. And everything is everything. So is your album out yet? Nope. Nope. So how far are you on your album? It's almost done. Um, as soon as I do a couple more tracks, I'm doing a song with Tupac tomorrow. That's going to be the bomb. Okay. And I got a song with Sadat X. I mean, the, the album is incredible. It's going to be the most powerful album of the, four, the first quarter of 94. Niggas are going to recognize me. For real. So, which, what are we going to look for on your album? Is it going to be some more like party and bullshit? No. No, it ain't going to be no more happy shit. See, I had to do a happy song because that was a happy movie. You know what I'm saying? So, I had to do a happy song. But I'm, I'm hardcore. Street bound. Thug niggas. Thug for life. So who's doing some production on your album? Um, Easy Mo B, Law Finesse, The Blues Brothers, 45 Kings, um, who else? Jesse West, me, Huff doing something, Tony Dope Fat. It's a crew. So how long you been rapping and how long you been trying to get a deal and all that stuff? Um, I wasn't never really trying to get a deal. I was like street, street nigga, you know what I'm saying, hustling hard, and my DJ wanted to get on, and he was going through all the processes of trying to get on, and we just happened to get on on a humble, you know, it wasn't nothing I was ever trying to do, though. So how long have you been rhyming? About three years, two years, something like that. Not too long, but pretty. Thank you. So brave. Thank you. All right, so anything else you want to let the people know about Biggie Smalls? Um, Biggie Smalls is an alcoholic, and he's a piehead. And, um, <laughs> and I just do my thing, you know. It's real. That's all. It's real. So I like that little routine you got on party and bullshit when y'all say routine. Oh, you thought that was a joke? Huh? Those fights, those is real fights, baby. <laughs> Alright, check the records. Those are real fights. I don't know nothing about those. Uh, nothing about those fights. But can't we just all get along? <laughs>
relentless approach to know if I'm broke or not Just cause I joke and smoke a lot Don't mean I don't tote the clock Sixteen shots for my niggas in the pen Until we motherfucking meet again huh. I'm doing rhymes now Fuck the crimes now Come on the ass I'm real hard to find now Cause I'm knee deep in the beat In the land cruiser jeep With the Mac 10 by the seat For the jackers The jealous ass crackers in the I make you prove that it's bulletproof Hold your head Up, man, kids, man. Need to go ahead and press at seven two four 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 seven four four four. Call Viper. Don't talk www.talkshoe.com. Look for Viper. Um, this is the Big Daddy Hip Hop Nation. Uh, so yeah, call seven two four 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 seven four four four, and then press one. Four four zero one one and uh, pound and press one and pound and press eight to stop to compensate. Grab those inches, baby. Start your inches. Keep it up fast and tell the world so we can make it happen. All right. Yo, 
check this out. This the Wu-Tang Clan, you know what I'm saying, from the Shaolin, you know what I'm saying? We got Big Poop right there. We got the Jizzle right there. We got the Raycorn, the Chef right there. You know what I'm saying, right here? We, who is that? We got Method Man right there. We got Inspector Deck. We got Baby You, You God, Golden Arms. You know what I'm saying? In the back, we got Master Killer, and we got the RZA, but he not in effect right now. You know what I'm saying? My name is the old Dirty Bastard. You know what I'm saying? We're going to give it to you raw in a few seconds. You should go to the Deuce and watch all the flakes, all the compu flakes all yeah. night, smoke bones and get drunk and just, just lounge out. It was nasty. They, they, they were sharp. Everything was, like, precise, man. The moves, the way they was thinking and all of that. You know, the, the, way, the, way, the way how they all come as a family and they all go out together. You know, one one brother, he might run off and get into something, and something might happen to him. And then his one his brothers is there to revenge his his his, his death or whatever. If somebody tried to flip on him or whatever. It's just the the love, man, the love and the loyalty and the way they was the, the way they was doing it, man. It was just so so sharp, man. And it's like when you get into it, it's like it's like just looking at looking at reality on some that's how I be. Basically, man, Wu Tang represents a sword style of rhyming, man. The Wu is the way, the Tang is the slang, the clan represents the family, man. We call it a sword style because we are lyrical assassins and we are aware that the tongue is symbolic to the sword. You know what I'm saying? So we work with it like that. Also, if you want to break it down within each letter, it can represent witty, unpredictable talent and natural game. Meaning that what you have here is a clique of brothers with witty, unpredictable talent and a lot of natural game. I say natural game because that's like street sense. You have to have natural game in order to survive in the slums or the, or the ghetto. Or street the knowledge. Slums. Street knowledge. Street knowledge. So uh. basically, Wu-Tang is a sword style. We, we utilize our tongues against guns. You know what I'm saying? We want it like that. See, Wu-Tang is like a name, you know what I'm saying? We, we really all straight, straight, straight up ghetto, you know what I'm saying? It ain't, no, it ain't no, no type of gimmick or no type of sound effects or nothing. You know what I'm saying? Wu-Tang is the name. See, Wu, like he said, Wu-Tang is the sword style, you know what I'm saying? See, if you watch Kung Fu movies, you notice that they be doing some, some, they be doing stuff that you don't usually see people be doing. They be in gymnastics, flipping, kicking, you know what I'm saying? So Wu-Tang is like one of the sharpest styles, you know what I'm saying? So we, we keeping it on, on, on that, you know what I'm saying? We, when we run, like me, when I run, when I, when I get down for my crown, I come out crazy like a, like a tiger or something, you know what I'm saying? No, no, nobody can't even F with me, straight up and down. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's how we coming. You know what I'm saying? Straight down, we just keeping it with And as far as and far as the karate flicks or whatever, a lot of people think that you know what I'm saying. Like he said, think we on some karate fighting or whatever. We ain't on it like that. We just flip flows with lyrics that chop. You know, we study the men. We study the discipline of like in the karate flicks or whatever, because they all was dealing with loyalty, love and trust, honor, brotherhood. You know, so that's the only thing we really carrying out. It ain't like you're going to see somebody throwing some stars around anything. You know, it's just going to be strictly fat lyrics. Yeah, you man, know? we ain't all about that, man. Things like that. Mysteries of chess boxing. First of all, the word mystery means unknown, you know? And a game of chess is like life. So, in reality, there is no mysteries to chess. It's just to those who understand life. Now, when you look at a game of chess, you have one side that moves first, against the other. So one play offensive, defensive, and the other play defensive, offensive. We're the defensive pieces because we're the dark side of the board. So we always got to watch our back. That's how it is when you come from the slums or the ghetto. It's like there's always somebody that's plotting to get you or move against you. <coughs> then you have to counterreact and move on them. So basically that's where we get the idea of chess from. Now in the video, if you look at it, it's like 
Me and Rizzo, we're playing a game of chess, but each piece on the board is part of the clan members as MCs, and each one is sharpening their sword against the other. Like, I move first, and then who comes out first? You guard. You guard. Makes the move. Then inspects the deck. That's on Rizzo part. And then so on and so on. So basically, what we do, we look, we, 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 we look at the signs of the things, and then we apply it to light in anything we do for us, MCing, chess, sword fighting, and all that. So that's where all that comes from. What Shaolin is the mental. If you watch the flicks, there was always people running to Shaolin trying to start trouble or, or, or coming there with confusion where as it was a place of peace. You know what I'm saying? So being that Shaolin is the mental, it's like dealing with the thought. Like the thought we had to produce all this, it was a, it was a great thought and it was peaceful because it came from the mind. That's what Shaolin is. Wu-Tang, far as on that level, is how we manifested it physically on wax through records. You know, so that's basically what it's about. Shaolin is a big place. And that, that's what we call that now, Shaolin. And that's like basically where we started our foundation of music from. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Because Rakim, which is the RZA, he isn't presently here right now. You know what I'm saying? He, I mean, the genius taught Rakim, but Rakim is the one who went and bought the equipment and sat down there and actually studied the technology of how to use the boards and how to do all of that, you know, and, and then, you know, it came us. He taught, you know, all of us, and then we just started living it out. Everything was so coincide, man. You know what I'm saying? And he learned one thing about that brother. He learned how to respect our talent as how it came. He just gave us a little pointers telling us how to clean our acts up, you know what I'm saying, and our own minds. And, and then that's why everybody got totally different styles. It's like this, man. Clan represents family, man. Clan means family. We all are family. It's just like when you grow up in your household with your siblings or your brothers and sisters and y'all under one roof, y'all under your parents. And then as you get older, you got to spread out. You got to do your own thing. You know what I'm saying? That's what we're doing. We're spreading out, but we, we, we just getting more cream, and then we just bringing it all back together. That's all it is. Don't think, don't think that because he has a solo deal and I have a solo deal. This man may get a solo deal that we all, we all just separating and breaking up. It's not that type of thing, man. We just, we just expanding because the talent is so great. It's like we have, we have mad talent in this, you know, and we just got to spread out. You know, you can't come out of one chamber, you just got to spread. What? Yo, like I was saying, why, why should, if you got a, a group of five people, and every last one of them can ride, he can ride, he can ride, he can dance, he can DJ, why, we, or everybody needs their own money. We got to take uh, $500 and get one, two, three, four, five. Let everybody get there. See, what we go get, and y'all need to go, we got a, we got a nasty plan for y'all, man, for real, man. We got the best. See, we trying to get all our people in the door. It's like, I ain't gonna tell you, man. I'm gonna just show you. It even go beyond that because it's like, man, you can't, you couldn't have five Michael Jacksons in the Jackson Five. You know what I'm saying? It's like each one of us express a different talent on a different level, and there's so much talent that it's not like we all holding the weight on Method Man or, or on Raekwon or on myself. It's like, it's like almost having, like I said, like five Michael Jacksons and and one Jackson Five group, and you know that's not gonna work. So we got to just spread out. A game of chess is like a sword fight. You must think first before you move. It's almost...
give it to you with no trivia. Roll like cocaine straight from Bolivia. My hip hop will rock and shock the nation like the Emancipation Proclamation. We get seen a post with slang to set. Them other runner to the wall and bang your head. I push a force, my force gets out and I'm making devils cower to the caucus mountain. Well, I'm a sire. I set the microphone on fire. Rap styles vary and carry like Mariah. I come from the Shaolin slum and the Al I'm from. It's coming through with enough niggas and enough guns. So if you want to come sweating, stressing contestants, you got your soft walls in the midsection. Don't talk the talk. If you can't walk the walk, phony niggas are outlined and talk. I'm Azbex. is what the project made me. Rebel to the grain, there's no way to barricade me. Steamroller niggas like an 18 wheeler with the drunk driver driving. There's no surviving. Rough like Timberland, where? Yeah, me and the clan and yo, the land cruisers out there. Peace to all the crooks, all the niggas with bad looks. Ball head braids, blows it up. We pack home sex, niggas play the Mac, black axe. Drug dealing thousand fat stacks. Only been a good nigga for a minute though, cause I got to get my props and win it. Yo, I got beef with commercial ass niggas with gold teeth. Camping in a Lexus seat and beef. Straight up and down, don't even bother. I got 40 niggas up in here now who kill niggas for my people's all you with me where you at? In the front, in the back, kill the bees on the track. My people's all you with me where you at? Smoking meth, taking cats on the block with the jacks. Here I go, deep tight flow. Sack you stole, can never get this. No, I'm Terry Bond and shit. Boom, that's warming up a little bit. Rapping in is what's happening. Keep the pockets stopping in, hands clapping in. That's the party when I move my body. Gotta get up and see somebody. Grab a back of bone, put strength to the bone. Dance, dance, dance. Until the whoop can go. Sure enough, when I rock that stuff, up, puff, I'm gonna catch up, puff, tough, rough. Kicking rhymes like Jim Kelly or Alex Kelly. I'm a beetle belly rhyme. Coming raw style, hardcore. Niggas be coming to the hip hop store. Coming to buy grocery from me.
N.W.A. was the first, the first gangster rap group, bold, foul-mouthed, with a name that offended people. Niggas with that attitude. <laughs> and we don't mean it in like the uh, the type of way, like the bigot type of way. We mean it as in uh, as as we, as we talking to each other. I'm gonna be like, niggas, shut up, or something like that. Straight out of Compton. In 1989, their songs about the abuse they endured from police growing up in Compton was different than anything else. But I don't give a and the words they used to describe their life on the streets of Compton was so crude, radio stations and even MTV banned them. But MTV banned in that video. MTV. <laughs> Word. Yeah. A lot of people can re, you know, relate to profanity. But despite being banned in many places, NWA sold 3 million copies of their Straight Outta Compton album. Their message that cops abused them when they were growing up hit home with a lot of people. Five white guys walking together are friends. Five black guys walking together is a gang in the police eyes. You know what I'm saying? And they have you like this and head down and you be on the concrete. Nothing such as this has ever happened in Compton. It doesn't happen. California's politicians were furious that NWA's songs encouraged violence against other blacks, against cops, and they accused them of trying to incite crime. Ice Cube's response to me that day. Somebody wanted to do a crime, they had that mentality there anyway. That it, it, it wasn't our album which turned somebody that was a nice kid into this vicious criminal. In 1989, there was a firm belief from some people about the real motive for the foul, violent songs from N.W.A. I don't think they have black pride. I think they have green pride, and that's all that they're thinking about. This time, Ice Cube and the gang agreed. So you're doing it for the money? Yes. All this is for the money. We ain't going to do no records, you know, that. that's all off and we think nobody's going to buy. They created gangster rap. They sold millions of albums. And to their critics, That's the way it goes in the city of Compton, boy. They laughed. They're <laughs> mad because we're making more money than they are. Our pockets are we got pockets are full, man. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge.
What's up? Tell him where you from. Straight out of Compton. Another crazy ass nigga. When punks I smoke, yo, my rap gets bigger. I'm a bad motherfucker and you know this. But the pussy ass niggas won't show this. But I don't give a fuck, I'ma make my snap. If not from the records, from jacking a crap, it's like burglary. The definition is jacking. But when illegally armed, it's all packing. Shoot a motherfucker in a minute. I find a good piece of pussy and go a it. So if you're at a show in the front row, I'ma call you a bitch or a dirty ass hoe. You probably get mad like a bitch is supposed to. But that shows me slut talk and post to a crazy motherfucker from the street. Attitude legit, cause I'm tearing up shit. Empty red controls are automatic. For any dumb motherfucker, it's all static. Not a right hand, cause I'm a hand itself. Every time, I pull an AK off the shelf. The security is maximum, and that's a law. R.E.N. felt red, but I'm wrong. See, cause I'm the motherfucking villain. The definition is clear, you're the witness of a killing. The second place without a clue. And once you're on the scope, yeah, through. Look, you might take it as a trip. But a nigga like Ren is on the gangster tip straight out of Compton. 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 Name and the voice coming straight out of Compton. It's a brother that I'll love your mother and make a sister think I love her. Dangerous motherfucker raising hell. And if I ever get caught, I make bail. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. That's the problem. I see a motherfucking cop, I don't dodge him. But I'm smart, lay low, free for a while. And when I see a punk pass, I smile. To me, it's kind of funny. The attitude's showing niggas driving. But don't know where the fuck he's going, just rolling. Looking for the one they call easy. But here's a flash. Let's piss off, man, kids, man. Need to go ahead and press at 724444. Send 444. Call Viper. Uh, don't talk shit. www.talkshoot.com. Look for Viper. Um, this is the Big Daddy Hip Hop Nation. Uh, so, yeah, call 724444. Uh, 44011 and uh, pound and press one and pound and press eight to stop. Be compensate. Grab those inches, baby. Start your inches. Pick up fast and tell the world so we can make it happen. All right.
Hi. Is this um, L.L. Cool Chair's home? Yes, it is. You must be his grandmother then. I am. Is he at home? Yes, he is. Can I see him? You may. Can okay. I come in? Sure, you may. Come in. You are you are one of the few who make uh, love raps and rather tender love raps. Why don't the others do that? You think? Well, you know, it's just like an inside feeling, right? Easy. easy. Maybe they don't want to make that type of music. They rather make hard records. Or they just rather make hard records or records that ain't on that tip. Me, I like doing that because I like ladies, you know, a lot. Mm -hmm. So I like to express myself and let them know that I like them and love them and want them. <laughs> Learn, you know what I'm saying? That's all it is. Watch your back. The Watch street. your back because you might get hit. Yeah. Can you give us some uh, definitions of the LL? LL. LL stands for Ladies Love Legend and Love Long and Lean Love of Ladies. Last of the Red Hot Love is looking for a little, looking, learning, the one you're liking. There's a lot of L's, you know what I'm saying? Ladies Love Legend and Leather Long and Lean and I Don't Wear Pleather. Last of the Red Hot Loving MCs looking for a little. That's my theory. It goes quick like lightning. Too exciting. Lover of ladies. Don't allow fighting. Level-headed leader. Playboy feeder. Good love life and a rhyme by the beater. Looking, learning, the one you you're liking, listening, you will love what I'm writing. Ladies love, long heart and lean, and now you know what LL means. You know what yeah, saying? we know it. <laughs> or, uh, can you say that rap is a, a boy's thing, even a macho thing? Because there aren't much girl rappers. What's your opinion on that? Well, yeah, girl rappers, well, it's girl just rap. that, you know. Not many, not many. Most well, of them just, are boys. You know, it's inevitable, just like anything else, you know. It takes time for you to get these things. You know, female rappers will be, you know, they're out there. Eventually, they'll be a big, successful group. You know, it's only, it's inevitable. This takes time, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The male rappers haven't even got to where they're supposed to be yet. You know what I'm saying? We want to be way up there, like, just like that, that jet going through the sky over there, yeah. you know what I'm saying? We want to be way up there chilling, up high, and, you know, then the girls will come through. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a macho. What do you call it? Egotistical pig or whatever yeah. it is. A lot of the rap lyrics, not only yours, but also from most of the rap groups, are very macho type. I mean, they sing about themselves, they boast about yeah, themselves. Yeah, but I speak say. about girls telling them my daydream love scenes when you pass by. I wonder what the future holds for you and I. So I'm not, you know, mm. being like that. You know, it's just, that's just part of life. You know what I'm saying? If you don't express to somebody that you're proud of yourself and how you how you coming off, you know what I'm saying, then how they going to know? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? How they going to know what to believe? You know, what would you say if they got on a rep, on a record and said, yo, I'm a sucker, I'm a punk, and I can't even fight, I don't make no money. You know, how that sound? What are you going to rap about? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't rap about problems. You know, I don't rap about things that, like, like the ghetto or nothing because when kids come to my concert, when they come to my concert, I want them to... I want life's pressure to be taken off their backs, you know what I'm saying, and not put on their backs. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why they come to my show, they be having fun, hard as hell. That's what I want them to do, not uh -huh. rap about the ghetto in life. Yeah. They don't want to hear that. You know? So it's not necessary to, for rap to have messages like Grandmaster Flash. No, that's uh, unnecessary. Why, why would a kid want to pay a ticket to come and hear how bad life is? Uh, Cool J is hard as hell. Battle anybody, I don't care. You down, I excel. They all bad.
winning rapper and one of the stars of Living Single. Her new movie, Set It Off, opened today. It actually got some uh, very fine reviews. Please welcome Queen Latifah. been very active in the whole rock oh. the vote uh, movement. Is that right? Getting, yeah. getting the young people out there to vote? Whenever they ask me to. Yeah. Involved, uh... That's great. You've done a lot for them. Where did, where, where did you vote yesterday? Were you here in New York? or? Okay, this is what happened. <laughs> no, I wanted to vote for real. I'm upset that I didn't Wait, get to you vote. you didn't vote? I didn't vote. 
I seen commercials and stuff. I didn't vote. We were like, you gotta vote. You didn't vote? <laughs> vote, vote. No, what happened was, I don't wanna hear it. No, please, listen, listen. I'm not interested. Wait, what do you mean? What happened? Because I'm registered in New Jersey. Uh-huh. And I was oh, in well, LA. You, you I had to work. Go to New Jersey. So, you know, so I had to work. And, and, uh, Actually, MTV asked me to do this Rock the Vote thing on Saturday. So I'm like, okay, I'll find out from them how to do the absentee ballot thing because nobody I knew knew what to do. Uh -huh. so, so I you get there, busy. and they tell me yesterday was the, like, Friday was the last day I could do it. <laughs> I'm like, what? And were you wearing your Rock the Vote t-shirt when they told you you're not going to be voting? No, I wasn't going to play myself like that, huh? I've done enough. <laughs> All right, well, we've destroyed your career in the but Rock the okay, Vote world. okay, because the guy I wanted to win won. Oh, good. All right, well. Bill Clinton won. All right, as long as you're happy. You don't need to vote. I don't know the logic there. Let's talk about the movie. <laughs> Welcome to American Gladiators. All right. The, let's talk about the movie, because uh, it got a very nice review today, I believe, in the New York Times. Nice yeah, review. Set it off. Uh, you're a gun-toting bank robber yeah. in this movie. And I, I've seen clips where you're just, you know, you're blowing people away left and right. you got uh, tons of guns. I'm not blowing people away left and right, but... I, I do blow a few away. I, no. <laughs> What's the difference? No, All right, well, fun. But this is something you actually, uh, it, people in your, in your family from law enforcement, you've been around guns a lot. Yeah, You're used definitely. to them. My father is a Vietnam vet, and he became a cop mm -hmm. as soon as he came back home. My brother was a cop. My cousin, we come from a, the only black Irish cop family. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, Sister. I'm All right. Um, now, you, uh, <laughs> we're related. Okay. I didn't realize. I come from a bunch of Irish cops in my family. Uh, do you have you actually do you fire guns? Do you uh, go yeah, to shooting? Definitely. You go to shooting ranges? Mm-hmm. I love to shoot. I love to shoot at the range. What kind of people are there at the range when you go? All kinds of people, like women, kids. Um, women bring their children over there, and come on. I mean, everybody, guys. You know, they bring their kids. You know, I've seen twelve-year-old kids hitting bullseyes. Just one lady with a three fifty-seven is just banging dead bullseye off of the. You know the, the target. Mm-hmm. Stay away from you. <laughs> well, what kind of gun uh, do you like to use? A Magnum, uh, thirty. What, what do you no, like to use? I like, um, I shoot Glocks, um, six hour, and um, AK 47s. I like to shoot the AK. Wait a minute. I like assault rifles. <laughs> AK-47? Yeah. You don't need to target practice with an AK-47. But, I mean, you'll never get to you shoot You can close your eyes and just, ah, and you will hit the target. Isn't that like, you know, 100 rounds a second or something? No, 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 it's not, a, it's not a fully automatic gun. It's like a, a rifle. It's like oh, okay. Well, what bang, about bang, the Glock? Doesn't the Glock just spit out? Isn't it, uh, you have to load 6,000 bullets in it just to fire at once? It is a pain in the butt to load. <laughs> it's yeah. a pain reloading those clips. You but, can tell the bad guy, hold on a second. Yeah, give me I'll a minute. I'll be right with you. <laughs> Uh, but it's a way, to, does it relax you to go do that? Yeah, it's fun. I mean, some people are scared, you know, to, you know, of weapons. But my father, you know, taught us about guns early. So they were never, I was never fearful of them. They were never uncomfortable, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. You enjoy it. Yeah. I'm I would think it would be like, freak, I guess. yeah, that's oh, all right. You know, everyone's got their own thing going on. I understand that you, uh, you have this scheme, and it's sort of a dream of yours, and I wanted to ask you about it, is to open a laundromat. It was one of the things that you've wanted to do is in your spare time as you thought maybe it'd be cool to have a laundromat. Just Why explain. Not? Well, it's just there's no overhead. You don't have to hire. I have a management company, and I have like 20 people working for me, and I know how much, you know, we have like $16,000 a week, well, I mean a month in payroll just mm -hmm. alone. So, I mean, if you, you want to open business, up a laundromat, 
You want a business, have to hire? Right. You want a business where you can just go by like once a year and sort of just look in. Pretty much. Because my dream has been to have a parking lot because you don't have to do anything. Exactly, exactly. You don't have to do lot. anything. It's like, oh, boy, I'm really worried and that the blacktop <laughs> might crack in my parking lot. You just go by once in a blue moon, and, yeah, it's still there, and where's my money? I think that's a great thing. Conan. What? Listen. I want a parking I gotta lot. i got to have the Dead Kid Joey clip. The dead? Oh, you want that clip? I need Dead Kid Joey. And, All right. and I told everybody backstage if I don't get Dead Kid we'll Joey. We'll get you a clip. It's from a comedy bit that, uh, to even try and explain it to these people at this they, point. They won't get it yet. Yeah, it's from a long so time ago, but we'll get you one of the weirder things we've done. Unforgettable. All right. You've just ruined me in this business. <laughs> and that's hard to do. All right. The movie Set It Off is at theaters right now. This movie's everywhere. Yes. Congratulations on that. People hot. saying real nice things Thank about you. it. Thank you. Queen Latifah, everybody. <laughs> Al Franken. They might be giants coming up. We'll be right back.
It's been solved, man, guys, man. need to go ahead and press that 734 444 744 Viper. Don't talk to you. The Big Daddy Hip Hop Nation. Uh, so, yeah, call 724 444 744. Uh, and then press 144011. And uh, pound and press 1 and pound and press 8 to stop. Decompensate. Grab those inches, baby. Touch your inches. Keep it up fast and tell the world so we can make it happen. All right. This is McCartney Chuck D. We are public enemy. And, you know, we don't only bring you noise, we bring you knowledge and fact. Boy. We always felt it was important to show people what they've missed. And our heroes have fought for righteousness. And so, at least we can't we show them too? We got to show them as much as we can and talk about them. We declare our right on this earth to be a man, to be a human being, to be respected as a human being, to be given the right of a human being in this society, on this earth, in this day, which we intend to bring into existence by any means necessary. What Malcolm X was is the introduction to the many black heroes and black figures that are in an unlocked black path. So he was an introduction. He was one of the ministers in the Nation of Islam and the most illustrious, which is probably the best program set up by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad for black people in America and even around the world. Another illustrious minister that we follow is Minister Louis Farrakhan. And people won't give him the credit that he deserves because he's still living. And just like when Malcolm was still living, he was like, oh, man, this guy's fiery. So a lot of New Zealanders are probably looking to the program and saying, well, we have to know about ourselves. We have to know what really went down here. And we must understand that in order for us to survive here in New Zealand, in New Zealand, as indigenous people, we have to recognize each other and recognize each other's strife and, and, and um, perils in the past. Racism seems to be growing along with that is fear. Is the gap too big, I mean? Is it pad prepared? Yeah, well, we gain strength in our public enemy and how they're fighting against oppression. We are doing the same thing here, and they are. So we've got unity and solidarity, and that's um, their strength to us to know, know that they're doing the same thing. We are at war! Come on! Black man, women, y'all! Come on! Come on! My sister soldier, she's a real strong, positive female role model. And then if we can get a whole lot more black women to speak out like the way she's speaking out, was for truth and for justice and for equality, you know what I'm saying? Along with 
what, what black men are trying to do, which is speaking out for truth, justice, and equality. When you put both of those teams together, now there's going to really be a fair of a black planet. It's time to... Come into the beat, and uh, the political message that comes across you know, that attracts me the most. So. Educate. Like for myself, I'd like to be um, a Pacific Island role model for a lot of the non-European kids in New Zealand because they don't have any.
What we do is try to guide people down the road of perfection, which is the direction. And if there's any type of mistakes, we try to make the correction. So we try to correct a lot of mistakes. You see, there's a lot of things that happened in the past that could never, ever, ever be forgotten. Ever, never be forgotten. But still in all, there's a lot of things in the past that we just have to put in the back so we can get ahead. You know what I'm saying? So instead of instead of dwelling and going out for revenge, let's try to build the wall of unity. You know what I'm saying? Let's try to put this whole thing together. We all on this planet together. We got to share it together. You know what I'm saying? And, and not only that, but right now that the way that we're going, we're, we're destroying it together too. You know what I'm saying? Why should we destroy something that God gave us? You know what I'm saying? Let's put it all back together and build the wall of unity. You know what I'm saying? So so nothing can take this away from us. You know what I'm saying? But it's got to start here and it's got to start now. Just a 
Alright, this is Ryan Fast hanging out, and now it's time to get gone. TV. What do you think of quantum physics? Okay, so do you, you think of what? Quantum physics. Okay. Do you infuse that into your knowledge that you have right now? Um, only when I'm around quantum physicists. Um, I think that um, everybody else enjoys quantum physics is a weird thing because there's a part of it that says when you're looking at something, it's collapsing on your. Uh, the, the observer collapses the wave right, form exactly. of, of atomic structures, of, of atoms. If you're not looking at it, then atoms are in superposition, right? right? They're everywhere. They're everywhere. Free people make history. <laughs> Slaves are told their history. Right. Big difference. Is your history told to you? When you study, and I mean always African studies, black studies, African-American studies, American studies, all of it still told to Where is our organic knowledge? Organic, meaning it's from nowhere, it's from us. It may be weird to someone else, it may be inaccurate to someone else, it's our knowledge. What do we tell ourselves about ourselves? This is what's important. We know what everybody else think about us. But what do we tell ourselves about ourselves? So then that means that everything we're looking at is only our mental interpretation. It's like we're looking at this, is, we're looking at a book, but uh, again, if I, it, it says what we expect. That's exactly it. Come on, the hood is the ones who have to speak up for themselves. So we did it. Boom, there it is. Now the National Urban League. They had a, a program against violence. So we said, look, we raised $600,000 off this self-destruction record. We're going to give it to the National Urban League because you guys are doing something for violence. That was 1989. 1993, a woman named C. Dolores Tucker stands up mm -hmm. and has the Urban League and the NAACP behind her. Mm -hmm. And she says hip-hop is destruction, causing destruction of young black minds. She holds up Snoop Dogg's album, Doggy Style, and says, this is hip-hop. Now, Snoop is my man, no doubt, and Doggy Style is the classic. Let's not be mistaken here. But she never once held up Public Enemy. Right. Never once held up Queen Latifah, MC Light, X-Clan, right. etc., etc., etc. This is hip-hop. This is, this is what we got to fight against. This thing, to make it even worse, the reference, the spiritual community, Reverend Calvin Butts, uh -huh. Reverend Jesse Jackson, Reverend this one now, Abyssinia Baptist, I mean the oldest black traditions, took our music, threw it on the floor, and actually had a steamroller come and steamroll over the music. Literally. This is our parents. Yeah. <laughs> this is civil rights movement. Our parents and grandparents said, we have, we have nothing to do with you. So what do you think about the fact that they say it's a hologram pretty much right now? Right what, now what is a hologram? You've got the world itself as being a projected computer sequence. Anytime you get a theory that is mechanically based, it's wrong. It's wrong. Organic based theories is what is real because the universe is alive. Right. Galileo was wrong. Right. Mathematics is not the language of the universe. Right, right. Intention is. Mm. So, we took the cue. Okay, that's how it's going to be. <laughs> Here's what we're going to do. 
we're going to form our own culture called hip-hop. That's when we started discussing hip-hop as culture, around 92, 91-ish. Mm-hmm. Now, Africa Bambaataa had been discussing it from 74. Mm-hmm. But we came into consciousness after the Stop the Violence movement. People saw that it was possible. Mm-hmm. So we said, yeah, hip-hop culture, rap is something you do, hip-hop is something you live. We're going to live this now. It's not just about rapping. How do you live as a person doing this? So we split off. Some people went to the corporate and just wanted to make records and make money and do their thing and escape poverty. Nothing wrong with that. Others of us stayed with the culture. Right. Said, look, we want enlightenment. Hip-hop can bring enlightenment. We can be free people through this. So we kept moving and pushing. Now to stop the violence movement. We keep moving. The universe already knows your intention. This is what the scientists don't understand. They're trying to measure the universe. The universe, the minute you go, I want that, that, I want anything. I met, anything you come out of, the universe is already a million years ahead of you because it knows your intention. If you unite with the universe, the universe reveals all secrets. Right, right. If you are trying to control the universe, conquer the universe, the universe will give you quantum physics. All right, Bill Gandy, sitting here with KRS-One, that was deep. And so I wanted to make a song, especially for my fans, my listeners, talking about the dark side, the night side of America's reality, history and present. Open. 
like the message but more recently there's been movement away from what you might call protest towards more cabaret style of rapping but there's not been much emphasis of political matters in um,
idiosyncratic as King of Rock. How are you going to be able to follow it? What kind of areas do you expect him to move into with you? Make whatever we feel. Yeah. Like we made reggae this time, and we we don't know what we'll do next time. We just probably just make write records, make a record with just drums, nothing at all but drum beats and rap. Okay, then enough of the talking. Do your rapping. Well, I rehearse till the first and a month or one, and I'm the best, not the worst, cause my name is Run. And I'm second in a record that you want to see, an MC, like he decided to play to be, and have you heard it, he's third, and his name is Jay. I'm running the AG, the dude, SJ, Jay. Sucking MCs, I will be jumping. In my pocket, I cheap on something. When I say I beat them up, I won't be bluffing. They can't be because that ain't nothing, but it don't matter. My pocket gets fatter. I got more hats.
I am so I excited to be sitting next to these two ladies, massive legends in hip-hop. Welcome, Salt and Pepper. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks We're for happy being here. to be here. Are you really? We yes. really are. We're beautiful. so happy to hear so that. So beautiful here. <laughs> and the people are very friendly. Like it's it's so funny because I kept saying to um, Madison, I was like, why are we not, I haven't been to New Zealand in a long time. Like, it's been like maybe 15 years or so. Or that, more. Or more that yeah. we've been here. And I literally was saying that and then... And Here then we are. Up. Got a gig. I, 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 yeah. yeah, got a gig. <laughs> we're worried that people might have forgotten about you since then, so we're just going to have a quicker overview of your yeah. career. Roll tape. How good was it growing up with a sprinkling of salt and pepper? Remember those raunchy moves? When they hit the dance floor in the late 80s, they broke the mold. They were the first all-female rap crew of note who talked about taboo. They made hip-hop mainstream and became the first lady rappers to win a Grammy. Salt and Pepper split 11 years ago, but now they're back. 28 years and 15 million album sales later, they're still grinding to the same tune. Okay, ladies, so you've looked back on this stuff. <laughs> Pretty raunchy. Yeah. Your mum's now. What do yes. you think? Considering this day and time, that was like a walk in the park. That's Disney. <laughs> That's Disney, Disney in comparison. <laughs> really, really out there yes. at the time, wasn't it? Our yes, it really that. was. We got a lot of flack for all that gyrating. <laughs> when we did Let's Talk About Sex, you know, a lot of people got excited, and we kind of knew it, but um, the song was actually sort of a, AIDS awareness message type safe sex song, but the title, let's talk about sex. We got a lot of flack about that, but we loved pushing the envelope, yeah. and I think that's what all the women loved about us because hip-hop is so male-oriented. We were like the female voice. We feel like we brought fun, fashion, and femininity to hip-hop, and that's what women gravitated towards, and that push it beat. Yeah. <laughs> when you say Disney, are you talking Miley? What do you think? When I see Miley, I feel like she's growing up and finding herself yeah, in front like, of the world like we did. Like we had an episode in our career where we felt the pressure to be gangsta, you know, so we tried to do this whole gangsta thing. And I feel like as you're developing, you're trying to figure out who you are. And there's a lot of competition out here to get raunchier and raunchier, I think there's a lot of pressure on she, young she's women. She's young. Will she regret it? I've regretted a lot of moments, so she um, may regret it. Yeah, I, I mean, she's still just, you know, finding herself in music, which music is also love of her from television. So, you know, she, she is having a good time right now in, in her world. But as a so mom, we I hope do. it doesn't go, sometimes go, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I look at some of my stuff and go, oh, a little bit. So. Oh, we look at it and love it, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back. I want to go back to Ida. I never. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not in it. her vocabulary. No. <laughs> I want to go back to the 80s. Ellie remembers the 80s. I do. I remember the I'm 80s. not ashamed. Heather doesn't quite remember that. 1987. All right. Let's talk about 1987. It was the Cosby Show and living on a prayer, and uh, dirty dancing, uh -huh. and then the fashion, right? Acid wash jeans, and swatch watches, and you guys are massive fashion icons. Take a look at this photo of you oh, from 1987. No. This is a cool, cool photo. Oh. Yeah. And we were looking at this today. I was looking, I was thinking, you know, like, this is so cool. I wish we could do the same thing. So I had a bit of a play with it, and I, have a look at this. Oh. Oh. Are you feeling that, girl? That is too funny. 
I'm like totally, that I'm totally the feeling it. Can I just say, you know, we, we say salt and pepper in the 80s, but when I was doing research on you guys, I realised that actually you had a hit in the late 90s that was yes. massive for me. Yeah. Uh, we've actually got a clip of it, so yes. we should probably roll that. Giddy up. Giddy up. Yeah. Fantastic. Love the dancing. Um, I want to ask you, you, you're apparently not doing any new material in this tour. Right. Why is that? That was a deliberate decision, right? Yeah, like, you know, we have it, We had a couple of songs that we, we put out and it's on iTunes and everything, but the tour and the, the, the concept of our tours is take, you know, taking it back, you know, yeah. old school type. And so we've been doing our older hits. And yeah, I you can't top those older hits. <laughs> You're on the road for a while, right? Yeah. We've been all over. We've been back and forth. Sydney, Canberra. We're going to Melbourne. We're in New Zealand now. We're very glad to so have you. Tomorrow excited. night, they have to come out and see us. Yeah, Because we are rocking the house absolutely. tomorrow. You know how excited we are. Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> and Pepper for joining you. us Thank tonight. guys. Um, ASB Theatre tomorrow. Yeah. yeah.
It's been solved, man, Kels, man. Need to go ahead and press at 724444. Call Viper. Don't talk to you. Look for Viper. Um, this is the Big Daddy Hip Hop Nation. Uh, so, yeah, call 724 444 7444. Uh, and then press 144011 and uh, pound and press 1 and pound and press 8 to stop. Grab those inches, baby. Touch your inches. Get up fast and tell the world so we can make it happen. All right. Hi, my name is MC Light. The first album I ever bought was Grease. <laughs> the soundtrack to Grease. Um, and the first little 45 I ever purchased was Second Time Around by Shalimar. The truth. There's so many favorite moments throughout my career. One was, of course, opening for Janet Jackson on her world tour. I mean, come on. (laughs) You know what I mean? I was 20-something. It was just like, yes! And then, of course, uh, there was uh, being nominated for my first Grammy. I was in the category with Dre and Snoop, so, you know, so goes that one. But at least I was... Uh, included and acknowledged, recognized from my works. There's not enough of uh, female rappers on the forefront or in mainstream. And what I say to that is just to keep on pushing because it's definitely known that our voices are vital to this culture. And so I say keep pressing on. The secret to my longevity really isn't a secret. It's just being, you know, open as I will allow myself to be from moment to moment and then also having a team of people that actually make everything happen because I can want it to last forever but I certainly can't move the needle by myself. I believe my purpose in life is to inspire by any means necessary so be it through music, through poetry, in any way I want to convey to the listener that they can be bigger, greater, unstoppable even and to take no time for granted you know from the words of one of the true masters of songwriting babyface he says in order to write a great song you have to have a little bit of spontaneity but it has to fit into the realm and the structure of a song and then also he says that you should be able to read the words from front to back, and it read like a letter. It has to make sense. And, and I love that, and I actually take that into account when I write. As I move forward, the most recent body of work that follows me will always feel like, that's the one. Oh, that's the one. But um, in performing those songs, I love doing Light as a Rock and Cold Rock a Party and Poor Georgie and Roughneck and Cha 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 and I like to have just as much fun as the audience when I perform. So join me at this year's Essence Festival in New Orleans. Buy your tickets now.
I'm more in. So what you got to say? I hope you're bubbling it, baby. Now bubbling in my way, let it rain. Ain't no sort up in the game. Still want you to stay. Ain't a thing changed. Instead of knocking boots, we be kicking down Gore-Tex. Except it ain't raw sex. Fuck next. Throw your hands in the air. Let me hear you say, oh yeah. Trust you, me, I blow up shop. About to blow the roof right off of hip-hop. I rock the body that rocks the body. man on the microphone. Where's the R, man? Back there putting on his sneakers. Oh, he's getting ready. Y'all want to know why my neighbors ain't in school? Yeah, why aren't y'all in school right there? They want to come 
wanted to come down and check y'all out, man. Right. Then what's going on with everybody and Rakim right now, man? Well, it's a new year, new things. New year brings in new changes, new times. We just going to rock and roll this year, get money. I know that's right. Now, y'all, y'all was already paid in full before, but you trying to tell me now y'all going to really get paid in full. Now, this is one of your tracks right here. This is I want to know what's on your mind from the yeah, House Party 2 soundtrack. Word up. Now, let's go to the first ever B and Rockin' video. One of my favorites. I like this one. This was, Y'all like this? This is paid in full. Y'all like that one? Word up. Dude, I listen to my lyrics, you know what I'm saying, and keep me on my thing, you know what I'm saying? I listen to, like, jazz, you know what I'm saying, things of that nature. I listen to, like, uh, Bob James, you know what I'm saying? James Brown's still my man, you know what I'm saying? He's still in here. I listen to a little bit of everything, you know what I'm saying? Because the listeners listen to all types, type of music, you know what I'm saying? So I got to relate to them when they playing, you know what I'm saying? So I got to come and talk. Back in the studio, my man Eric B. I'm Eric B. and Rakim. Rakim's getting ready for a live performance. My man Eric came out here to talk to us for a little while. Because, you know, Rob be on incognito and taking it easy, like you said on his record. What, has, slide in last. Yeah, what has changed for, uh, in Eric B. and Rakim? What has changed between y'all over the years, man? Just the feel, you know, just the whole group feel. You know, we started out at one level, like... Rakim started out, the, mo- the music was like slow and low-key. Uh-huh. Now, now it's like an up-tempo, but still strong. Definitely. Rakim, Rakim got some of the maddest lyrics in hip-hop that I've ever heard. How did you and Rakim get together? How did y'all blend together? Man? Oh, a lot of people don't know that. We met out at Wine Dance Long Island. Wine Dance in the house? Yeah. <laughs> y'all met out in Wine Dance Long Island, just got together, and, and it just... Yeah, we've just been working ever since then. How many platinums and gold albums have y'all had? A lot. Soundtracks, Jody Watley's records, just a lot of records. Y'all Too blowing up, man. Count. Hey, Dre, what's the, what's the next video, just man? Just glad to be oh, working. What's the next video? I know that's right. What is the next video, Todd? In the ghetto! This was in the ghetto, one of my favorites. Eric B. and Rakim, especially when Rakim say no more pops. I want pops in every barrel. Nobody stopping Rob because he thought Rob's be right. Give him real estate for him to own whenever he blessed the mic. Nobody press up and mess up the scene I set. I like to stand in a crowd and watch the people wonder, damn. But think about it, then you understand. I'm just an addict, addicted to music. Maybe it's a habit. I gotta use it. Even if it's jazz or the quiet storm. I hook a beat up, convert it into hip-hop form. Write a rhyme and graffiti in every show you see me in. Deep concentration, cause I'm no comedian. Jokers are wild if you wanna be tame. I treat you like a child and you're gonna be named. Another enemy, not even a friend of me. Cause you'll get fried in the end when you pretend to be competing. Cause I just put your mind on pause and I complete when you compare my mind with yours. I wake you up and after staring your face, you seem stunned. Remember me, the one you got your idea from. But soon you start to suffer. The tune get rougher when you start to stutter. That's when you had enough of fighting. It'll make you choke. You can't provoke. You can't cope. You should have broke because I ain't no joke. Broke. Serious as cancer. 
who can keep the average dancer hyper as a heart attack? Nobody's smiling, cause you're expressing the rhyme that I'm styling. This is what we all sit down to write. You can't make it, so you're taking home, breaking and bite. These pieces and bits of all my hip hop hits. Get the style down packed, then it's time to switch. Put my tape on pause and ask some more to yours. Then you figure you're ready for the neighborhood chores. The EMCEE, don't even try to be. When you come up to speak, don't even lie to me. You like to exaggerate, dream and imagine Then change the rhyme around that can aggravate me. So when you see me come up free, or you'll be one of those seven MCs. They think that I'm a new jack, but only if they knew that. They who think wrong, or they who can't do that style that I'm doing, they might ruin. Patterns of paragraphs based on you and you all be DJ if anything he play sound familiar. I'll wait to eat, they play him. So I'ma have to diss who broke, you can get a smack for this. I ain't no joke. microphone like a grudge be a whole record so the needle don't budge a whole of conversation cause what i invent i nominated my dj the president when i'm see y'all keep a freestyle going steadily to pucker up and whistle my melody but whatever you do don't miss one there'll be another rough rhyme after this one before you know it you're following the feeling waiting for the punchline to get the meaning like before the mural of my story i'm telling nobody beats the art to stop yelling Put it in your pocket for later Cause I'll move in the crowd and be a rectifator No interruptions till the mic is broke When I'm gone, then you can joke Cause everything is real on a serious tip Keep playing, and I get serious quick And I take you for a walk through hell Freeze your dome, then watch your eyeballs swell Guide you out of triple state darkness When it get dark again, then I'ma spark this microphone Cause the heat is on, you see smoke And the finish when the beat is gone I'm no joke, no joke, no joke. Okay, it's Mr. Automatic Charismatic. If you want to go ahead and dial that playback number, tell the playback number is 641-715-3579. Then that participation is 543-164. You know how it is. Start your engine, sleep out fast, you tell the world so we can make it happen. And I'm rocking the shop. Grab the engines and don't stop. This has been Big Daddy Hip Hop Nation presents Once Upon a Hip Hop. It all started when uh, it was June 1979. I was working at a candy factory of all places, and uh, my cousin Mark. Uh, Mark Wright, Daddy Wright, came by with a big boombox, and I heard somebody rhyming over top of the music. And uh, I said, what is that? Because I had been a big jazz and rock and R&B fan, old school, Miracles and James Brown and all that. And he said, that's a new thing. That's uh, that's rapping. So I listened, I listened, 
But this particular person was saying the same thing over and over, and I didn't particularly care for it. But I found myself making up rhymes uh, at my jo <laughs> my job, and uh, I kind of liked what I what, what I was uh, thinking up. And my cousin had a DJ group called Sound on Sound, and like two weeks after hearing this, uh, I said, "Let me join the group." It was, you know, you could meet, uh, back then it was meeting the girls, the show wasn't for any money. And uh, I joined the group, and we got pretty popular around, uh, around Burden County, New Jersey. And uh, I had run into Hank, Big Bang Hank, at a pizza parlor called Crispy Crust on Palestine Avenue in Englewood. And he used to hook me up with these gigantic slices that were like the size of a quarter of a pie. But I didn't know he rhymed. And uh, I didn't know G, but I would see I would see Master G at these different battles that we'd have. It was us, sound on sound, like 13 guys against him and his DJ, and he would always use this tag on Echo Box. <laughs> yes, yes, y'all, I did the beat, y'all, I beat beat, y'all. And I said, oh, God, here's this guy with this Echo Box again. We got to battle him. <laughs> but he, he stood his ground. He was nice with his. And uh, one day we heard that... Um, a lady by the name of uh, Sylvia Robinson wanted to do a record, but she didn't know exactly who to get. Uh, I think she contacted uh, uh, Starsky at first, yeah. and, and I don't know how that didn't work out. But she ended up um, she ended up uh, trying to get one of the guys in my group uh, called Casper. He had a really like clear voice, a, 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 like almost a, a limerick type of delivery, but it was real nice. It was real fly. And uh, his father worked for Atlantic Records, and his father said, don't do it. So uh, they were left in a quandary. They didn't know who to get. And uh, someone told Joey about Hank, that Hank could rhyme. Mm -hmm. And Hank was working at a pizza shop, and they went down to Palestine Avenue and asked, asked Hank to get out of the car, I mean, get out of the pizza shop, close it up, and audition for them right there in the car with pizza dough and flour all over them. And a uh, guy happened to be uh, walking on Palisade Avenue that night, mm -hmm. and a fellow named uh, Mark Green, him and a guy are friends, uh, heard this commotion and knocked on the window and said, Yo, yo, Hank is good, but my man is vicious. Listen to him. And guy jumped in the car and he started rhyming. Well, they all went up to Miss Robinson's house, and uh, and I was already up there with my DJ, Ron the Madmaster Mixer. Uh, he had suggested uh, the Good Times track because it was really hot that summer, and I was up there just just hanging. And Hank and and G were going back and forth, and um, I'm sitting there thinking, "Damn, come on, speak up, speak up. You can rhyme, say something." It was about two o'clock in the morning. Miss Robinson said, "Okay, that's it." I'm going to use both of y'all instead of just one. And I said, Ms. Rob, I can rap. She was nice about it. She said, okay, let me hear what you got. I said, hip-hop, you don't stop the rocket to the bang, bang, boogie, sit up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie. And she said, what? And I started talking about her dog, the books in the library. I started talking about the furniture, what we had in the library to eat that night. It was crazy. I was like, off the dome, like sick. And she said, okay, now Hank, you say that part. G, you say that part. And we kept going back and forth, back and forth for about a half an hour. And uh, she said, that was a Friday night. She said, um, uh, what I'll do is I'm going to marry the three of you. Mm -hmm. That was the word, we, we. Her magic number. 
Rapper's Delight is a 15 minute song. And it took us 17 minutes to record. We only stopped one time. And that, that's crazy. And, and nothing was written for Rapper's Delight. Nothing was written for Rapper's Delight except uh, the intro and maybe one of Guy's rhymes about uh, the girl in a white sassoon. But I didn't want to just jump in the record like, and all this. I wanted to do. I wanted to introduce rap music to the world, mm-hmm. even though it had been out, you know, you know uh, like a few months before, a few, in fact, a few years before, but not big, not on wax like that. And uh, I, I thought of the old Outer Outer Limits show, and where they used to say, uh, "Now do not adjust your set," uh, and all this. So I said, "Now what you hear is not a test." Like I'm rapping to the beat. It was crazy. The record just took off sick. Just like to add that you know they, she when she had the idea that you know she took it around to all the other record labels and told them about the idea and uh, they laughed in her face and said that you know rapping on top of music would never work and she was wasting her time and her money and her energy and her effort but she defied them all she she put it out and the rest is history now you know hip hop is a multi billion dollar industry. And hip hop culture has become world culture, and it's it's no stopping it. It's definitely here to stay. It's not a fad where it's Ooh. here today and gone tomorrow. You know, you can't turn on a TV set, you can't listen to a radio, you can't do anything without seeing some type form of hip hop. Yeah. Across his 
chance he may be able to fly all through the night. But can he rock a party to the early light? He can't satisfy you with his little worm. But I can bust you out with my super sperm. I go do it. I go do it. I go do it. Do it. Do it. And I'm here. And I'm there. I'm Big Bang Hank. I'm everywhere. I just throw your hands up in the air. And party harder like you just don't care. Let's do it. I don't stop, y'all. I take a top, y'all. You don't stop. I go home.
And he says, I understand about the food, babe, but Bubba, well, we're still friends. But with a hip hop, the hippie to the hippie, the hip hip, the hoppy, you don't stop the rocket to the bang bang, boogie, say up jumps the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie beat. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.